1: You know what I did last night, guys? What did you Oops. do last night? Uh, masturbated. Uh, no, uh, actually, if you were, if you care to know, I had sex. But that's not oh, what—that's wow. that, not what I was referring to. I—I uh, oh. I did something else other than have sex last night. Would you like to know what that was? Did you share sure. I also did take a shit, but uh, but but that is not what I was referring to. Um, did you eat food? I did do that too. Wow, you guys are, Jesus Christ. Have you guys been spying on me? I did all those things last night. You
0: are on Twitter. Got cameras in
1: your toilet. Uh, I am not really on Twitter. Uh, No, you know what I did? I watched, I rewatched two of um, some of my favorite horror films, and I bought a few more. Chucky. No, I watched Hereditary for like probably the fourth time, and another movie called Suspiria. Which, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. Um, uh, You know, it's still. September, but the most spectacular time of the year is right around the corner, and it's right uh, around the corner. And what I've been doing is I've been putting together, I'm compiling a list. So this is actually a call to action uh, to our listeners. But I've been compiling uh, compiling a list, and I'm going to watch uh, a horror movie a day for 31 days in October. And so I'm wow. trying to like I'm trying to put together the list to make it. Um. To kind of like gradually get scarier and scarier and scarier until Halloween Day, when I, I scare myself so bad that I, I I, I shit my pants. So
3: you're you're gonna gradient scale thirty one films.
1: Yeah, That yeah,
0: Sounds challenge challenging. That it, sounds
3: like you needed to do that work. You needed to start that
1: work three weeks I, ago. Well, yeah. what were you gonna say there, Lauren?
2: I was gonna say, I feel like it would be scarier if you didn't know when the scariest ones were. It would be like scary hmm. roulette. Yeah,
3: because it's like uh, boiling the, fo- the whole, like the boiling a frog, boil, hey, boil the frog uh, idea. I
2: actually kind of, yeah.
1: I kind of like that idea. Take thirty-one films and just draw from a hat and and bang it out that way. That's kind of nice. I like that. Yeah, but, because if you but do it, you, if you do you it just a little bit scarier like
3: if, at a time, then it won't. Then they won't get scary. They'll just be whatever.
0: But if you thought that you were going to be watching the scariest one last and then I feel like you would have more scares early on in your experience because like you would you wouldn't be expecting them. And as soon as you would start to anticipate the fear, it probably wouldn't be as scary. Well, I feel he, like it would be
1: a letdown. Here's the here's the problem with all that is um, I've watched a lot of scary movies in my time. And I really, what I'm trying to do is just to watch the, I, mostly I'm going to be rewatching horror films that I've already seen for the most mm-hmm. part in that list. Right. At, le- um, at least there, Contagion there will, is there,
0: a new horror film.
1: There will be, <laughs> yeah, there will be a couple of movies that I haven't seen yet. And so that will, those will probably be the scariest moments because I won't know what's coming. But do but, any of them have, um, do any of them involve anal prolapse? <laughs> um, well... <laughs> I mean, I haven't put human centipede on the list, but that most assuredly would... would it, I mean, anal prolapse, I mean, I'm I, sure. I just has. know
3: that anal prolapse for you
1: is I, an issue. It, yeah, I don't like thinking about it. I don't like seeing it. Um, and if, quite frankly, I don't like that you fucking brought that up on this podcast. I was trying to keep this episode clean. Um, and you made it real dirty. Only dirty for... I mean, anal.
3: It's a it's something that happens to people. Some people, it happens to them when... They have health issues. Some people, it happens when they're experimenting sexually.
1: Yeah, I think that's Um, the root. I think that's the road you were going down.
3: Well, I'm just saying that it happens, and I was wondering if there was going to be coming up in any of the films that you're watching. And and thankfully,
1: I brought that up, and you brought up Human Centipede. I think that should absolutely make it onto (laughs) the list. I, you know what, you're actually right. I'm probably going to put it on the list. Here's the call to action to all of our listeners. If you have a horror movie that you really love, uh, hit me up. Let me know. Uh, hit me up on the socials and uh, let me know your favorite horror films, what I should add to the list. But the reason I brought this up and the reason why we've been talking about this for almost five minutes is I wanted to use this as a segue into a very interesting article, which I think might have like briefly come up on the show before, but this was uh this was something that had come out that had come across my eyes, maybe about a month ago. <clears throat> and I thought it to be very fascinating. Um, this is coming from uh, psychnewsdaily.com dot but I've seen this at other sources as well. Uh, the title of the article is horror fans, horror fans showed more psychological resilience during the pandemic. Hmm. Uh, I feel like
0: immediately my thought is like, that makes sense.
1: That yeah, just makes sense to me. Yeah. And I think
3: we I think we touched on this before actually, but they, now I mean it makes more con- contextual sense in in Oct- in the month of October.
1: Yeah, a new study has found that fans of horror films showed more psychological resilience during the ongoing corona p- pandemic. Likewise, fans of prepper genres, including alien invasion, apocalyptic and zombie movies, also showed greater preparedness. That one I makes mean, a lot of that's sense. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Actually, do, it, do you it, it's like... funny this this article does kind of get like tin hat sort of like into Mm -hmm. that kind of prepper territory when I'm reading it. I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I'm not. And if you don't have a bunker, yeah. Fuck you. Can
0: we, can we, can we be, can we be real for a minute though? Like in, in terms, Jer, like of your preparedness for the pandemic, like scale of one to 10, how much do you love horror movies? And then one to 10, how prepared were you psychologically? In terms of your psychological resilience for well, the gonna, pandemic, yeah,
1: I'm going to step in there and correct you. I, I, I'm not a. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not geared towards prepper movies. I not that I don't like them, but like no,
0: I mean, but like I, in no, no, you're, I know. I know, I know.
1: I know what you're saying. I like horror. I do like horror. I'm not big on prepper. So what I will say is that in terms of like, so well, uh, let me go. Let me go a little further into this article, and then I'll answer your question, Brian, because it's it's kind of okay. interesting what they touch on here.
0: These results Cuz support- we should do our own little like we should do our own little test here afterwards and see how we stack up. Mm, These results- in like our
1: totally unscientific
0: <laughs> experiment.
1: These results support the idea that exposure to scary fiction helps audiences to practice coping strategies that can be beneficial in real-world situations. Through fiction, the authors write, people can learn how to escape dangerous predators, navigate novel si- social situations, and practice their mind-reading and emotion regulation skills. The study whose lead author was Colton Scrivner at the University of Chicago was published on September 15th in the journal Personality and Individual Differences. I love the names of of journals. They're so they're fucking hilarious. For the study, Scrivner and his colleagues recruited 310 participants in April 2020. This was just after COVID-19 had been declared a global pandemic. They asked the participants a number of questions about their viewing habits Examples included their experience with movies and TV genres such as horror, zombie, psychological thriller, supernatural, apocalyptic slash post-apocalyptic, science fiction, and more. In addition, participants indicated how much they enjoy watching TV and movies in general, and pandemic movies in particular. The researchers also measured the participants' psychological resilience. Here, they responded to statements such as, Compared to how I usually feel... I have been more nervous and anxious during the pandemic. Likewise, participants responded to statements about their preparedness for the pandemic. An example statement was, I knew early on which items I should buy in preparation for a pandemic. Uh, The authors found that fans of horror films were significantly less likely to experience psychological distress during the pandemic, and fans of the prepper genre... Were significantly more prepared for the pandemic. The prepper genre included zombie, apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, and alien invasion movies. Prepper fans also reported fewer negative disruptions in their life during the pandemic.
2: Um, yeah, so it's really like kind of an it's interesting because they
1: didn't have jobs to lose.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah
3: well,
2: you know? I was gonna say. I think that preppers are like their maximum amount of smug right now. Uh, yeah, which it's they it's already it. fucking were to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I, I just
3: think it makes a whole. I just think it whole makes makes a whole mess of sense because. Um, I find that really after I watch any film I feel yeah I feel I feel like I'm more capable of doing whatever they were doing in the film Absolutely. so like when I watch Die Hard I feel like I could infiltrate a terrorist organization yes. when I when I watch um, Grey's Anatomy with Brian, I feel like I could perform surgeries and, and diagnose totally. patients yes. with yeah, illnesses. Yeah. I just feel when I watch Into the Wild, I feel like I could go live in the woods with zero resources whatsoever and, and take care berries. of myself just fine. Yeah. I, yeah, and and then die from them. Um, so but, this but, but, makes but, but, a whole. Bunch on, of a, sense on a to serious me.
1: note, though, on a serious note, though, Tay, it 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 when like you know when we when we when we digest fiction. We do. We do come out on the other end with more of like a, uh, you know, it's like it's it's upping our emotional coping skills like we 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 emote with the characters that we're seeing. We're 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 feeling empathy. We are we're we are like when you're watching a really good film. You really are truly experiencing Mm -hmm. their experiences through them. Right. And so that it like i couldn't tell if you were i like i i could tell you were joking about the you know die hard makes me makes me feel like i could take over a terrorist organization but but it, there is definitely something to be said for um uh you know watching a film and then coming out on the other end and feeling as though you've you've actually like gleaned some like valuable life lessons from that well
3: th- yeah, do you, I would, do, you yeah. do you not agree? Yeah. you don't you don't no, no, agree with no, no. that? Like someone, no, I, someone no. who like
1: someone who's read quite a bit of fiction over your time, and someone who like a, a film lover like yourself, you you actually don't because I I feel like you you think that's a bit silly. No, I don't think it's very silly. I just think that there's a
3: that that when you stretch that out a little bit, it gets pretty funny.
1: It is funny when you stretch it. <laughs> it is,
3: I mean, it
1: is, it is, it is, it is. But like coming, but but actually coming back to like, I find this horror thing really really fascinating, especially like. Okay, especially with, um, especially, like, looking at COVID, right? So, like, if you had never watched um, uh, Contagion before uh, March of 2020 and and then coming into COVID, and, like, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but, like, coming into COVID and then going through that experience, there's no, like, there's no, there's no way, let's say you watch Contagion in January, and I then, actually I, did.
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> I watched Contagion for the first time in January. And I, I remember watching it and looking at all the characters dealing with it and thinking, huh, sucks to suck. That'll S- never happen. Sucks, and sucks. then S-
1: two months later, it was life. Now, do you think that you gleaned anything from that experience, like, whatsoever? Whether, whether that be small or, or big, but, like, anything at all?
2: Uh, I learned what R-naught was. So I felt real smart when I was like on 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 medical Twitter and seeing right, people right, refer right. to what that is. Yeah. A, a little bit, but I don't know. I'm no I don't seek out like movies in that that kind of genre. I like sure, watching sure, them, sure. But, but I don't I think seek I, them out think, as much.
0: I think the point that you're kind of missing here is that um Jaren like talking about this is is that um, I don't think if you just watch one movie, you're prepared for it. It's like the package of watching all of those, like watching a ton of them that that would make you more prepared. Yes. And think of it like yeah. this. Think of it like if you're the type of person who was like always watching movies on the the mm-hmm. Hallmark challenge, like I'm just using this as an example. Like what's the it definitely Hallmark wouldn't be challenge? me challenge. The Hallmark cha- channel.
1: Oh, sorry. Okay. All right. I, was I mean, like, I don't know anything about competition this that they're throwing every year. I,
0: I definitely don't watch the Hallmark channel. Like it wouldn't be, I'm not referring to myself when I'm talking about this, but like if you're watching those movies all the time, they're like the tearjerker rom-com. Yeah. Like low budget, but like always pulling at your emotional heartstrings. Yeah. Something. And Steve if you're Warren watching those all a- the time, You,
3: (laughs) (laughs) he's in like, he's done, he's done several Hallmark, Hallmark movies, but but if you're,
0: if you're watching those all the time, I imagine that you, you probably have a larger emotional capacity to, you know, be there for somebody who's going through a tough challenge because like, it's kind of like flexing that emotional muscle of, of like being in that space where you're feeling moved by these characters that you're getting attached to. And then that translates very well to being there for other people in the yeah. real world. Well, we'd be... We'd be I, I think that that's be,
3: true. We'd be very hypocritical if we didn't think that there was some uh, that there was some inkling of truth to this because then that would mean that if people listen to this podcast, then they don't actually become more prepared for talking to people yeah, about yeah, yeah, exactly. hard shit or yeah. death or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some... We have to believe that there is or else we'd, we're hypocrites.
1: It, it says here further on in the article, in the case of horror movies... The authors suggest fans might have developed improved emotional coping skills by watching so many scary movies, or so many Mm. scary scenes, rather. These skills, in turn, might make them better able to deal with fear in the real world. And enhanced emotion regulation skills have previously been associated with increased psychological resilience. Quote, experiencing (laughs) negative emotions in a safe setting, such as during a horror film, the authors write, quote, might help individuals hone strategies for dealing with fear and more calmly deal with fear eliciting situations in real life. It reminds me of when I watch like um when I watch uh, Run slasher the gauntlet. when I watch slasher films um in my head I'm going I'm taking notes. I'm going, right, so if someone breaks into my house and they start mm-hmm. hiding in my closet <laughs> I ain't. If I hear the noise in this room, I'm not gonna go into the closet by myself and go look like a fucking dum dum like this person. I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight for the baseball bat that I've hidden in the corner. You hear that, home invaders? Do, uh, Jared, that reminds me. I that the my a nail laced baseball my, bat. My
0: recommendation for your spooky movie um, fest in October is Strangers. By far, the scariest movie I've ever seen.
2: Oh, that's yeah. the
1: scariest movie you've ever seen, Brian. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's scary, it's, but it's, it's pretty. purely terrifying. because it's it, oh. it it's real. Like it's it, very real. I, yeah, that's my it's, favorite thing about horror films is that it's like, believable. It's that you know. It's like um. It's like I know some people that are like, oh, I love horror movies, but I'll never watch possession based films. Way too scary, right? Or then there's people that are like, oh, oh, I love, I really funny. love horror films, but like, man, I will never fucking watch like slasher films because like it's it's just too much for me or whatever. I was I always find that so funny that, that people that there's like that, that there's types of horror that really fuck certain people up, you know? Alexa. Turn on the lights. Sorry guys, it's getting you, dark. It's getting dark in here. I'm feeling spooked. Oh Jesus Christ. So the lights are still you, red from my from my horror film last do night.
0: Do you do you think that um do you think that there's uh, a benefit then to doing something like running the gauntlet? No,
3: that's actually uh, that's actually or, really horrible. Or watching your mom says live. No, that's also let,
1: let's really <laughs> stop talking about both of those things, really. Uh and and I no agree. inside jokes, you know? Not, not it's not so fun for our listeners hey, cuz I'm not uh, fucking, well, I'm not fucking our, list, our
3: listeners are more than welcome to go watch
1: Your Mom's House live uh, or run the gauntlet. Don't do not go watch run the gauntlet. And Brian, don't it, tell people to go watch. I'm not m- telling anybody to mur- do anything. Murder porn. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we just got to CBC. You Want to get us kicked <laughs> off immediately? Go watch some snuff films, everyone. Hey everyone, have you seen how many people have you seen die in real life today? You want to go watch something fun? <laughs> Jesus fuck. I'm,
0: I'm scarred from you saying that.
1: Um yeah, well, uh, here's another really interesting thing. So you thought that study was cool. Oh, by the way, if you if you're not watching horror films, go prep yourself. Go get prepped. Well, watch horror films, folks. Uh it
0: sounds like something sexual. Prepping, like being into prepping.
1: I'm sure there's a just a like component sure. to somebody. I'm sure it is somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another really interesting study. Um, <clears throat> new study makes curious observation. This is coming from CTV News. Hospitalized COVID patients who are nerds were less, uh, 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 less, likely, less likely to catch COVID-19. That is basically what it says. Actually, what it technically Sorry, says. Sorry, what? Hospitalized COVID-19 patients were less likely to wear glasses. So, basically, what this, what, this, what this article is saying is if you're a fucking nerd, um, uh, listen, four eyes, uh, you, have a be- you have a better chance of not catching COVID.
2: Ha, ha, ha. I'm not wearing See, my glasses right now, but as yeah. a glasses wear, I feel some type of vindicated. Because the thing is, like, right now is a bad time to be a glasses wearer because fucking glasses fog yeah. up all the time you're wearing your mask. It is yeah. so annoying. Either so way, you're annoying. blind. What does but that like, even mean?
1: Well, yeah. researchers. What do you mean? <clears throat>
3: researchers. That people who wear glasses are less likely. How can there be any correlation it's with PPE. whether you wear glasses? Yeah. It it's really protects
2: your eyes. Yeah, it's a form of PPE. Yeah. But what about been, your nose and your mouth? They're right uh, there. I, what are you walking <laughs> around with your eyes closed?
0: Also, I feel like you'd be touching your face
1: more if you wore glasses. Lo, I'm with you. No. I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you. It's that's PPE. Per, that's the first thing I thought of, too. I was like, I've, your eyes are protected.
2: Exactly. Like I've heard, I I read I read on medical Twitter that there is like thought and talk. About getting people to wear goggles in Close. public. Don't
1: say, twi- and that's why those don't,
2: face shields. Don't, don't
1: say Twitter if you're trying to convince Taylor of anything. Yeah. You, say, yeah. you say Twitter, and Taylor's like, no, yeah, Twitter. I'm not saying. I'm
3: not saying. I'm not saying that I want <laughs> to have a full blown conversation about whether glasses are considered a form of PPE. But I would like to. I would like to. Twitter. I would like to ask the question. <laughs> to somebody who might know that we're talking to somebody when we're talking to somebody about some other thing that they would also know about
0: this. Okay, We well, could some- hypothesize about this. Or, we or could definitely some- speculate. somebody...
2: Somebody with a degree, someone with an M.D., uh, tell us uh, letters at com who yeah. is correct here, whether you're like me and Jeremy and believe that glasses are a nerdy well, I mean, form guys, of PPE. We, we, or... we
1: literally have uh, Alexa, uh, Alexandra Mae Jones from CTV literally wrote an article on the, the study, which was published uh, recently. Uh, a new study, the results which were published Wednesday in the journal JAMA. JAMA, ophthalmology, (laughs) ophthalmology, uh, found that there there was a smaller proportion of glasses wearers out of a sample of COVID-19 patients at a hospital in China than the percentage of glasses wearers in the general population. Wearing of eyeglasses is common among Chinese individuals of all ages, the study stated. However, since the outbreak of COVID-19 in Wuhan in December, we observed that few patients with eyeglasses were admitted in the hospital ward. Researchers looked at 276 COVID-19 patients admitted to Suzao Zendo Hospital. Great I, I think I nailed that. You did. Yeah, have a pretty good, that actually. That was pretty goddamn good. <laughs> uh, between January and March, uh, they found only 16 had myopia and thus generally wore glasses more than eight hours a day. Myopia is the official term for nearsightedness which is one of the most common reasons that people wear glasses. Those who are nearsighted are able to see things close to them clearly, but see objects that are further away as blurry. According to a previous 1985 study of the general population in the Hubei province of China, the average rate of myopia among students aged 7 to 22 years in that region was 31.5%. Those some students would now be 42 to 57 years old, the study pointed out, which is close to the median age of our patients with COVID-19. But this new study of COVID-19 patients found that only 5.8% of those hospitalized with the virus wore glasses, a far lower percentage than 31.5%. It is important to note that this is an observational study, not one looking for causation. There's no reason to believe that wearing glasses protects against COVID-19 if you are Taylor McGilvery, or that being blessed with perfect vision also makes you more susceptible to COVID-19, as Taylor McGilvery has likely stated in his own brain. The researchers also acknowledged that the data from the previous 1985 study could have impacted the results because the age, region, and education level of the students that in that survey had some differences compared to our study population. Basically, it goes on to say, uh, presently, many COVID-19 guidelines state the need to wear glasses uh, to in- avoid infection through the eyes. <laughs> but most people only focus on wearing a mask and home isolation, ignoring the st- mandate to wear eyeglasses <laughs> along with washing hands. So that's, yeah. that's a, that, was a bi- that was a quote there. There was uh, a quote there,
3: yeah. A quote. there, yeah. 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 You heard it. You heard it here, fake everybody. News. Hey, fake. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm <laughs> sure everyone out there has watched the social dilemmas. Fake, fake yeah. news travels six <laughs> times faster than than real news. And that <laughs> hey, was a, telling that was everybody. A, then, and that was but, a snippet of that. <laughs> but
2: speaking of real news, I'm on occupationalhealthandsafetyonline.com. dot com, and, and uh, the title of this article is "The Eyes Are a Gateway for COVID-19 Safety eye, Work, Can Help."
0: From the company yeah, that sells the safety eyewear.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. You <laughs> yeah. know, big big glasses. Yeah. I never trust big, anything big from big glasses. I never trust anything from big glasses.
0: You know what, though, uh, guys? I'm just it happy now, now that I have me, an excuse though. to finally wear glasses. Because, like, I was the type of kid who, like... When I was in like grade seven. Holy fucking shit. He's literally, he literally dyed his
1: hair pink and now he's going to sit here and go, now I'm going to buy some fake glasses. Dude, Brian's been wearing glasses with no prescription for years.
0: I did. I did when I worked in Dubai. I I wanted to um, look smarter because I was 21 and I thought that I I had to do that to like get the respect from older people. You know what? You know, what's a
1: great way to get respect from older people, Brian? Now I just Just keep your natural hair color because you're a 31 year old man. (laughs) You know what? You know what's sad? That you conform
0: to society's expectations. Yeah, man. I conform (laughs) to society's
1: expectations. Yeah, man. I'm I'm polyamorous. Shut the fuck up.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah, dude. He's got got tattoos. He's he's poly dude, he's poly. He's poly. (laughs) He's got 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 tattoos. (laughs) He's got tattoos everywhere. Look out,
1: CBC. (laughs) I pierced my
3: own butthole. Oh, dude, he's got a pierced butthole. He's like the least society conforming
1: guy ever. Man. <laughs> society man, society uh, man. Listen, uh, speaking guys, of... I
0: I hate our friendship and I hate this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you're,
1: wow, you're such a baby. Uh, speaking of babies, I've got uh, I've got a little palate cleanser here before we throw to our conversation about etiquette, which um, <laughs> neither of any of you have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Neither of any of you have. All yeah, right. Uh, yep.
3: Uh, yeah, we next, don't have
2: next, grammar either. Apparently. Yeah, next next, uh, week, we're, well, next I don't. week, we're going to be doing a
1: grammar episode. Uh, <laughs> but I this, got grammar. This is uh, the <laughs> sweetest thing I've ever heard in my life. Finland, fucking love Finland to deploy coronavirus sniffing dogs at Helsinki Airport. Uh, Dude, so, is that real or is that not? No, this is a, this is a real thing. So <laughs> that's Finland, real. Yeah, Finland is set to launch coronavirus sniffing dog pilot program at Helsinki Airport on Wednesday. Uh, which was yesterday, hoping that dogs There's cancer could, sniffing dogs hoping that dogs could come to play a key role in screening for COVID nineteen. The voluntary canine test will deliver results within ten seconds, and require less than a minute of travelers' time," said Anna Helene Borkum, a researcher at the University of Helsinki who is using the trial to gather data. So, so what I what I've gathered here is that it's not that the dog is coming up to you. And you sneeze on it, and then it like sniffs your br- your breath and goes and sits. And if it sits, you got COVID. They're they're having the, they've trained the dogs to to actually uh, sniff sweat samples, and they can give what uh, according to this 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 person they're saying that they can give results with more than ninety percent accuracy. How Whoa. did they get
2: the sweat samples from <clears throat> you though?
1: Uh, from the people, Well, people offer it up. So you, t- you so Dude, you take a swab. You, have you flown? Do they tell you to? <laughs> you take a swab. You put it. You put it under your taint, and then you just wipe your taint. There's always always sweat on the taint. Actually, you know what? When, as, you're, as, as, when, you're, as, when you're flying,
0: man, it's bad. as as, as
3: really? much I get as you're. Well, you're a psycho. As much as <laughs> as much as you're joking, Jer, about the taint thing.
1: There's always sweat in There's your tank. There's always sweat in your yeah, tank. No, okay, I know they, I, everybody I, I mean check I, right yeah, now. If you're driving right now, if you're driving your car. Oh, dude, if you're um, driving, your taint's ju- sweaty. Ju- oh, for sure. sure. Just reach under, just reach under and and I'm like
3: a I'm a very ambient temperature there right now, actually. <laughs> oh, wow, like, I'm, me like, too, I'm just, actually. I'm soaked. I'm drenched. It's, it's just, just like, like a nice like, it's I'm, like a nice environment. I'm gonna ring it. i to bring it out.
0: You have a. you have a red light in your room and it just looks like you're sitting in a sauna. So I could only imagine it's what hot. a sauna taint looks, would look like. It looks hot. <clears throat> it
1: uh, looks, do you guys want to know nice. more about these dogs? <laughs> can, uh, yes. can, I, can I tell you something? That, can no, tell please you something that, tell me
2: more about y'all's taint. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I tell you something
0: really quick? I Googled because when I said there's cancer sniffing dogs, I was yeah. like, I'm definitely right about this. So I Googled yeah, yeah, it yeah, to make sure. Are. Dude, there's an article and it says an organization in Canada, this is from NBC, it says that um, there are uh, there's an organization in Canada now using dogs to d- detect cancer. Guess where they are? The director of cancer dogs based in Nova Scotia. Oh, yeah. Well, almost shit, certainly right? Halifax,
1: yeah. too. Here's um, a bit of a sad story, but a true story. Um, my wife, so Bridie and Todd, her her boyfriend, their, their dog, Rose is a is a, um, Rose, is a is a Rose German short hair pointer. So like this, like hunting dog. They're very beautiful, very sleek, pretty, pretty, pretty dogs. And Rose and my dog, Bigby, uh, the late and great Bigby, were brother and sister and they were best friends. And uh, Bigby, Bigby had a uh, he had a bunch of brain tumors, but we had no idea. And this was before he started having seizures. We were noticing um, Rose like like aggressively sniffing his head all the time, sniffing his head constantly like they're hanging out and she'd just be like <laughs> sniffing his head and I was like I remember looking at Braddy one day and I'm going I think I think she's sniffing tumors dude and Brady was like no don't say that and I was like I'm telling you I think he I think she's like sniffing out the tumors sure enough he started having seizures we took him to the vet the vet was like yeah it's definitely brain tumors and uh, and now Bigby's dead so we didn't, we didn't wow. fucking listen to Rose. We didn't listen to her. Listen to your dogs. If your dog sniffs you and sits, you have COVID. Okay. So, and, you, and it, it, says that art- it says that in the article. Especially if the if dog they, sniffs you and sits, it, you want your taint. You have COVID 90% accuracy.
0: Man, I feel like every time we have a conversation on Sick Boy now for Feel Good Friday, I'm less sure about factual information than I was going into the conversation. No, I think that's dude. the goal. That's, we're doing our job.
2: We're a
1: harbinger of truth. <laughs> yes, we are. And also, we're a comedy podcast, and Brian does, can't tell the difference between jokes and real life. <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't know nothing. Um, and grammar, what's that? <laughs> actually, you know, speaking of that, no, actually, I'll, I'll say I'll save this for off the mic, because I don't know if that would be okay to say. I'm going to, you know, fuck it. Anyway, if you want to look up at these dogs, look these dogs up, just go uh, dog sniffing COVID dogs. Google dog sniffing COVID dogs. Guaranteed something will come up. Almost certainly you'll get what Jer's hoping you'll find. All right, listen, uh, let's throw this episode with our friend Elaine Swan, the, uh, the, the etiquette coach down in the U.S. who's, who's just uh, just teaching all the folks mm. how to be more etiquette, more etiquette. And, uh, and yeah. this episode, I will, I will preface this. I, I, I'm going to work my little buns off to edit this in a way that it makes sense. But this was a fucking nightmare to record. And um, uh, the audio was all over the place. But I think, I think we're piecing it together here. Um, but yeah, it, it was one of those things where like, if you, were, if you were present for the recording, it was as if it was 1995 and we were speaking to a news correspondent in Iraq. And we would ask a question, and then we'd have to wait way too long for them to answer and uh and so I <laughs> way to warm I, I, them up <laughs> I, I went in there and I, I cut some things up to try to uh try to shift it around so that it made more sense. but so if it sounds a little funky uh whatever, I'm sorry, uh next week'll be better. All right, well hope you guys enjoy this and oh also take notes you know take notes this is this conversation you'll be a better human if you just listen to this woman and do what she says um so you know wear some glasses take some notes pet your dog and watch a horror movie and everything will be okay enjoy excited for this conversation uh, for not so much for myself, but far much more for Brian and Taylor. So today we are sitting down with uh, none other than Elaine Swan, who is um, uh, the founder of the Swan School of Protocol, coming straight from Swan HQ all the way down in uh, California. Uh, And the Swan School of Protocol is an etiquette training institute. So I want to just, I want to start this entire thing off by saying this. I, um, my etiquette game is, I mean, I don't want to brag a 10 out of 10. Um, uh, now when it comes to my co-hosts here, Brian and Taylor, there's, there's some room for improvement and that's, that's, um, that's a bit of an understatement. Um, I don't know what uh, you're talking okay, about. Okay, well, there we go. Right there, that was a perfect example. Um, Brian has a, a really bad habit of violently interrupting <laughs> our guests. I don't think. And then, me. and then Taylor. Uh, well, Taylor, you can't invite Taylor to any sort of house party uh, where there's going to be snacks or food. Uh, if Taylor is if Taylor's in the presence of anyone who is eating. Um, you will literally not be able to get a single bite of a snack in without Taylor eating everything that is on the the fucking table. So I I think, you know, a big part of this conversation is um, to talk to Elaine about COVID etiquette, but also I'm hoping that the two of you idiots will be able to glean something from uh, Elaine while we dive into the, the world of etiquette. So, uh, Elaine, I guess the first question that I have for you is uh, is what is etiquette for Brian and Taylor in case they're not they're not uh, aware of what etiquette truly is?
4: Well, you know, etiquette is not a bunch of rules. I can tell you that uh, that kind of where someone's going to come in, you know, hit you on the hand with a uh, ruler and tell you what you're doing wrong. Uh, but they are some social guidelines that individuals should follow. Um, so that we really show up our best in the world. It's really exercising some three core values, which basically is respect, honesty, and consideration. And we look at that uh, based on you know what we say and what we do and how we show up in the world. So that's the real key thing that we have to think about. And then when you take that and then you apply it to our social situations, let's say, for example, uh, Uh, let's say, for example, whether we're uh, at home or we're online or in the grocery store or uh, out on a date whatever it is, you know, whether, you know, with our family and friends, it really has to do with how we connect with those people and how we treat others.
1: Uh, Brian and Taylor, are you taking (laughs) notes? Uh, Jer,
3: I grew up on a golf course. (laughs) So I am well versed in etiquette. Contrary to your clear belief in, in, in now Now, etiquette around snacks could probably do could probably use some work i agree
1: <laughs> I, hey hey man <laughs> use some work that all right yeah could it, just yeah, use
3: a just a like a weekend workshop that's all i need
1: <laughs> yeah so, so wait elaine etiquette. how do
0: people end okay. up at the, at the <laughs> swan school for etiquette like like do you come do you do people come to you and say i think i need Help With My Etiquette?
4: Listen, I have, well, people end up here, for example, we've got women that contact us and they say, you know, my fiance, my husband, my boyfriend, what have you, eats like a caveman, you know, can you help? And so uh, they schedule some time to come and spend with us here at the Swan School of Protocol. (laughs) And then, of course, we've got parents who say that their, their children, they need help as well. Uh, typically people end up here because there's something that's happening in their life that, you know, where they need that shift, you know, maybe they're not, you know, showing up well in the workplace or, or they've gotten a new job and they want to kind of make that transition so that they can, you know, really, um, uh, be, uh, more, uh, professional in their, in, in their particular environment, or maybe they're coming into a family and uh, maybe that family is more, you know, is very refined and they, 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 you know, do a lot of things that maybe that person is not used to, used to. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, going to some people, not everyone grows up on a golf course, you know, and that's in that kind of arena. And so they need help in navigating those situations. So they come to the Swan school protocol so we can get them into shape.
1: (laughs) It's funny because Taylor, you didn't you didn't. Spe- I, I I feel like you're leading Elaine on there a little bit because you did not specify the fact that you grew up in a you grew up in a uh, in a town that had a, a golf course on it that was not in your neighborhood and you would spend pretty much every day uh, with a little rat pack of friends of yours going to that golf course at under the under the under the night sky. To steal golf balls. No, that's
3: not what I. That, that been no, a- anyway,
1: no. whatever. We don't have to get. We don't have to get into the history of, of you and golf courses. But whatever. Well, um, I do want to. Uh, I
3: do want to say on that that I okay. that I understand that so there is like that is there. not
4: proper. <laughs> <laughs> this is
3: a that was a that was a bold face lie from Jeremy. One of many that we'll hear throughout this recording, I'm sure. And that's, and that's Jeremy's <laughs> etiquette folk, uh, flaw that he's a chronic liar. I do, I do want to, I do want to Tell acknowledge lies. that in okay, the, in one that of the though, three <laughs> core
4: values, respect, honesty, and consideration. So we got to be right, honest. That's right. right.
3: Yeah. And I do, respect. I do want to acknowledge in that, 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 that there is that I, I, I understand now after hearing you, um, uh, go through that, um, you know, list of reasons why people might find themselves um, coming uh, to you, Elaine. Is that there is a that in every little subsect of everyday life, different situations, there is always sort of a different etiquette protocol that I assume that I guess fa- always falls under those three uh, like core values that you just mentioned. Um, but I, I'm thinking of I went, I I went, I went through, um, the public school system my whole life. And then in high school, I, I, I ended up, um, playing hockey on a scholarship at a private school in the States. And, and all of a sudden I was thrust into this private school environment that was very, very foreign to me. And I was constantly being, being told, Hey, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. And like, even though, you know, like Mm. I understood etiquette from the golf, from my, from the golf course perspective, I didn't understand it in like formal dinner settings and all of these different things that all of a sudden were being thrust at me as a 16-year-old who thinks they know everything and doesn't need any uh doesn't need any help doing anything. I understand that in the in in this new era of COVID mm-hmm. where all of a sudden the entire planet has been given this situation under which we are all sort of looking at each other thinking hey i'm i'm doing this why aren't you doing that or 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 hey you don't have to you don't have to take it that far like there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of um discontent obviously being sown with the new environment that we that we see ourselves in how How are you seeing this new environment of etiquette play out over the last six months mm hmm
4: you know it's really been quite uh challenging for a lot of people i think with the just everything that's going on aside from covid uh we and the fact that you know we've been self quarantining and then you know here in the US there's the 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 social uh challenges that we're having i think all of that piled on to and then we're on an election cycle right now too so people mm-hmm. tend to always be at odds during the you know this time mm-hmm. of year um here in the US and so i think here uh, across the you know the globe people are really being affected <laughs> affected in in a very very challenging way and the guidelines that are put forth again so here we go with those guidelines those guidelines that are put forth are are not necessarily ones that that everyone believes in and everyone wants to follow and so that's what makes this uh, quite uh, uh, awkward when it comes to socialization and the way we interact with one another which is why you know every other day we're seeing viral videos of people getting really angry because they they're you know whether they're in a grocery store or out in a park or or you know something they're angry because they're being asked to follow these instructions and they don't want to, or maybe someone's trying to police other people. So I have Mm -hmm. been very, very busy with trying to help our world (laughs) be a better place uh, within these last six months. So that on the Mm -hmm. other end of this, because we know it's going to end eventually, um, at least our relationships can, can be somewhat intact. I mean, everything from, you know, canceled weddings to, you know, people having little social pod parties and other people are left out. You know, how do you deal with it because your friend doesn't want to so- practice social distancing? I mean, there's so many things that are happening right now. So it's really challenging right now. I think relationships are challenged. Uh, uh, you know, family family dynamics have been challenged in this. Uh, but even in all of the chaos, I do have hope. I know that uh, there is some civility that, that lies within us all, and we just have to tap into that.
0: How do you, how do you, I know that one, you mentioned that one of your pillars is, is respect and you're talking about like the polarization of, of the country and really the continent right now. I think it's even happening here in in Canada. Um, How do you show respect for someone who, you know, might not be following or or using good and proper etiquette and, and respect them and have like a constructive conversation or, or discourse with a person who isn't willing to meet you in that kind of common space of showing respect for you?
4: I believe it is possible to have a constructive conversation with an individual who maybe doesn't necessarily see eye to eye, or perhaps they're not necessarily respecting uh, what's being asked of all of us as we, as we deal with COVID. Uh, but the, the key here is to really focus on those people who really have an impact on your life. Uh, for example, for the person who is, you know, far away from you, they're kind of, you know, in their own space and maybe they're not wearing a mask, for example, or you notice that they're not social distancing or what have you. If they're not in your space, um, mind your business (laughs) (laughs) and leave those people alone. All right. Um, Now, for the people who are in your personal space, right? Now, this is where you do have to have this sort of conversation. You do have to ask for that level of respect. But my recommendation is to not uh, uh, utilize language that's going to uh, make the other individual feel as if you're accusing them Mm. of of not being in step with what's what's being requested. So avoid those phrases where you're saying to them, You need to put your mask on or you need to practice social distancing or you need to do this. So try to avoid that and instead use phrases that are centered around I or we or us. Mm. For example, you're in the grocery store. Somebody's all up on you. Right. And you want them to step back. So in your head, you say, get back. But out loud, we can't do that because that wouldn't be very nice, right? (laughs) So instead, we would say, well, can we put a little extra space in between us, please? Or I need a little bit more space, please. So it's more I and we and us as opposed to you need to step back.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. There's something there's there is something really nice about that. There's something, you know, it's like it's it's. It's more inclusive and less and less like finger pointy, and and and, and it, it it's funny because like it we are yes. in this we are in this time where where it seems like everyone's running just a little bit more hot, you know, everyone's a little bit uh, on edge, and so like any of that that anything that can like lessen the the conflict the the better, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like I'm one of those people that's so averse to conflict, like I I really. I really hate it, and, and I think this is actually going to be really helpful for me because, like, I would probably be that person that is, is afraid to say, like, hey, step back because I don't, want, I, don't want to like, I don't want it to lead to conflict. And so instead I'll just, like, not say anything and, like, try to just physically alter the scenario without using my words. But that's not going to help anyone, you know? Like, that's not. But what, what would you do, though? Let's say, let's put ourselves in this scenario of what you just laid out. And you said, um, maybe we can have a little bit more space between us here. And the response that you get from that person is just a straight up um, and very non-etiquette and rude no.
4: Yeah, that, that, that's, that's not unusual. And it most certainly happens. So when a person does that, um, there, I, I, I actually, I, I wrote a book called Let Crazy Be Crazy. And in my book, I have one particular tip Uh, there's 36 different tips on how to deal with difficult people in challenging situations. And I have one tip that's called yield. Even when you know, you have the right of way sometimes now etiquette doesn't mean you have to be shrinking violet. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, be very passive, but every once in a while when you spot crazy, right? Uh, yield, even though you have the right of way. When we look at Mm. everyday life, and sometimes you're driving down the street, you know you have the right of way, but here's somebody that, and they're coming and they're barreling down the street and they're turning, and it really is your turn. You have two choices. You can either just keep going, knowing that the person is is out of line, right, and cause an accident, or you can just yield and and, and step back and let the crazy person go on about their way. Why? Because who wants to have car accident insurance and all that stuff to deal with, right? So if you've asked a human being to do something. And their answer is no. You have two choices. You can either, you know, get into a conflict or confrontation with that person, right? Or just step back a second, yield, let them do what they're doing, and then go ahead and resume, you know, whatever it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you're, 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 you're looking at the melons. They're too close to you. You ask them to step, step back. They say, no, you go, okay, crazy. Go ahead. Get your melons. Now that you're done, I'm going to go ahead and move forward because to stand there and have a screaming match with someone um, over the fact that they're not, you know, you know, practicing social distancing, they're not, uh, you know, uh, uh, responding to what you've asked of them is is ridiculous. So sometimes Mm. you have to yield even though you know you have the right of way.
1: Another thing that I think is like, I mean, I, I know I've it's it's happened to myself and and. If it's happening to me, then I know that there's other people out there who are experiencing the same thing. But um, you know, here, here I don't know what it's what it's like down in um, in uh, Carlsbad or you are in California, but here in Atlantic Canada, we have this nice little Atlantic Canadian bubble where you know the the three provinces that make up Atlantic Canada or the four provinces like we can we can travel in between each province freely um without quarantining and you know the numbers are quite low in terms of covid numbers but people are still trying to i th- I think practice like um you know good social distancing um uh, etiquette and and one thing that that I've noticed come up is like receiving an invitation to maybe an outing or a gathering where it's it's a little bit outside of my like social bubble, and not feeling comfortable myself with like attending this one particular event or or you know whatever hangout, and um and saying no is like a like a, you know a, another thing that I need to work on is uh because I, I constantly say yes to too many things, and so I, I have a hard time like saying no to things I get invited to, um. I sometimes just make up a lie and say something that's completely not true to get myself out of it. Uh, and when I say sometimes, always. That's bad um, etiquette. So, <laughs> it's bad etiquette. So, so, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's one thing on on like a normal circumstances, but maybe even like it, through the lens of, of the current time we're living in, in through COVID, like what is the, what would you recommend to people who are, are turning down invitations, um, you know, whether that's within their social group or, or outside of it?
4: Yeah, it, I think around the world, what's, what has happened, and, and not only with, with you all there in, in Canada, but people are creating these social bubbles. And the social bubbles tend to consist of either close friends or close family members who have been spending time together throughout this pandemic. You know, they're they're, they're comfortable with, with being with one another. And that's really great. I think it's important for our well-being that we have connections outside of our the four walls of our own home. So that's good, and so with these events that people are attending, uh, it, it, it there are some instances where maybe we feel like, oh, people are not really going to be practicing social distancing, or perhaps there's just going to be too many people there, and this is not something I want to go to. So when you want to say no, uh, my recommendation is to definitely do not lie. I mean, I it's 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 hard it is it's hard as it is. Uh, don't lie, because once you tell a lie, then you have to really kind of follow that line and cover it up Integrity. and stay in tune with it and so forth yeah. like that. But really decline those invitations the same way you would anything else. But just keep it short. Don't go into any COVID reasons and don't uh, make it so you know, so, uh, uh, horrible that there's no way you could be there because you're, you know, literally nearly hospitalized, but focus more so on the next time you can get together. So you're going to kind of pivot and put that person's attention on something else. So your answer is a very quick, nope, I won't be able to make it, but, oh man, I can't wait till we're able to get together for such and such, you know, later mm. on, we'll be able to do this. How about we, you know. Um, you know, hang out here or there, or might, maybe you and I can do something one-on-one, you know, that sort of thing. I like that. Uh, most especially if they're in your bubble. If they're already in your bubble, then that's really great. So your your answer is no, but then pivot a little bit and focus on the time that you can get together or something that you can do, again, like I said, one-on-one, uh, as opposed well, to going hacks. into this deep explanation of, yeah. of why. That's the one thing I think we should try to avoid doing is that long covid you guys aren't following it, no one's there, so-and-so's not going to be wearing a mask, and you guys aren't doing this and that, and mm-hmm. so forth. So, because now we're putting people on the defense and really um, not really being considerate to the fact that they may have an opinion of, of this whole thing, and uh, they uh, everybody has a different perspective. And so we don't want to... Put other people down and and make them feel uneasy about the choices mm-hmm. they're making because it's their choice, it's their life, and so rather than making them feel uneasy about it, it's best to focus more so on your relationship and what you can do outside of that crazy party that they're gonna have.
1: Nice,
3: you um you mentioned something earlier that really stuck out to me, uh, which was which was, you know, if if you're not in that person's immediate, if you're not in that person's immediate circle or that immediate circumstance, you know. Mind your business and and there and the 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 thought that came up for me there is the 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 arena of social media in in general but in covid specifically you know you see somebody they take a photo they're they're with somebody um, and they're not wearing a mask and then and, then, and somebody jumps on and starts just Freaking out on this person because they're not wearing a mask and giving them a super hard time with zero context of what the photo was, where it was taken, who they're with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, I guess in a more broad sense, that, that is part and parcel of what we see on social media every day in every circumstance, in every situation, that there is a total lack of context being conveyed to the person that is viewing. A- Posts on Facebook and, and Instagram, but yet people weighing in as if they've got all the details and they are judge or an executioner. Do you ever, do you ever deal with people or give advice to people on how to, on how to behave and how to follow etiquette in the era of social media?
4: I do. Absolutely. Uh, Two things as far as social media is concerned is number one, if you are going to have an event and you've only invited a small number of people, my recommendation is don't post a bunch of stuff online. If you don't want to deal with the questions of why was I not invited? Mm -hmm. Uh, If someone else kind of slips through the cracks and they do post something online and someone asks you, you know, why wasn't I invited? I wasn't there. Uh, my recommendation is to respond in this manner. Just say to them, you know, I am still practicing social distancing and I'm doing things with a more, you know, smaller group. With the, And so uh, I'm doing things, uh, I'm I'm hanging out with just a very small group of people. This was a very small event, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to the time to where, you know, we can get together again and then that's when you mention something that you have fun with. I'm looking forward to our and, you know, our, our weekly taco Tuesdays. So I'm looking forward to our weekly wine Wednesdays when we can get back together again. So just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge and let them know. Tell the truth straight up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just doing stuff in really small groups right now, but love you, buddy, and looking forward to the next time we can get together.
0: Mm, that's great.
4: So that's one thing that we can do. The other thing as far as social media is concerned is we should not be trying to police other people online, mind your business. If you see somebody take a picture with their friend or their family and they're not wearing masks, what's whatever's happening in that particular situation is really none of your business and um, we just should not be trying to police other individuals on social media. You don't know if those folks live together um, and even if they do or 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 what have you or maybe they're all part of their own social, you know, social bubble because we do recognize that lots of folks have those intimate bubbles but we should mind our business and not utilize social media to try to police other people. I think that's quite Mm -hmm. rude.
0: Mm -hmm. When Taylor mentioned uh, talking about uh, behavior change and, and I was thinking about like, like what it actually takes to, um, to create behavioral changes. And I think a lot of uh, the work that psychologists and therapists do, and I'm wondering if there is, some crossover in what you do as um, an etiquette consultant or, or teacher and, and the things <laughs> that psychologists or therapists would do to, to kind of cultivate these behavioral changes.
4: Yeah, there is, I think uh, without, uh, it's funny because a, a lot of times when I do talks and uh, whether it's on television or uh, in person, you know, for conferences and things like that pre COVID a lot of times I would wind up on the stage with uh, the, the, the same folks that are helping as far as you know uh, mental uh wellness is concerned and i do think you know a lot of times one of the things that i share with individuals is is to focus on how our words and actions affect other people mm. that i think that the, the the key here is to look in you know look deeply at what we say and how we behave, and how that's going to affect others. When we do that, it allows us to really show up better in our world. Uh, we we are able to cultivate more meaningful relationships, and uh, and and preserve the ones that you know that, that we do have. So I I, I do believe that that's a, it, it is very important. And I, and and when we think about these relationships and the impact that our behavior has on them it it really is um beneficial to our well-being as an individual.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Well, <clears throat> I got to say, you know, I I knew coming into this conversation that um you know, th- th- we were we were going to be covering a lot of things that uh, I'm already very aware of and have pretty much <laughs> dialed in over the last 32 years of my life, thanks to my upbringing, uh, which we don't even have to get into right now. But it's uh, it's royalty uh, anyway. Whatever. Um, and and I'm glad that um, that you know I, I could see the entire time you were talking, Elaine. I could see Taylor and Brian really like nodding very heavily i could see taylor taking notes like I, th- I think this is really landing with them which is important and this is the entire reason why we had lauren set this up was because these guys need help and <laughs> and i think you've provided that help for them today and uh <clears throat> i think i want to also say thank you because i think you've 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 probably provided a little bit of insight and help to to a lot of our listeners because um uh, you but know, mostly I, to Brian. But mostly to Brian and Taylor. <laughs> yeah, th- I mean, that's really, it for Selfishly, it was just for really I really,
0: on a serious note, though, I really hope, Taylor and Jer, that you guys um, paid attention because you need to think about how your actions affect other yeah, people. Yeah, well, I really
3: hope <laughs> I really me. hope that Jer and Brian Bri were both paying attention because they're the ones that needed the most. <laughs>
1: uh, Elaine, uh, where can people get your book? Again, the title of that book is Let Let Crazy Be Crazy, Then Politely Get What You Want, Get Your Point Across, and Jer. Gently Put Rude People in Their Place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where can people find that. that? It's a fucking great title. Uh, where can people find your book, and where can people uh, stay up to date with what it yeah. is that you're up to?
4: Right. People can find the book on Amazon, of course. And you can also get the book on my website, which is uh, swanschool.com. And if you want free etiquette tips and advice, you can always visit my website, swanschool.com as well. And the swan is spelled with two N's. And uh, send me questions, too. I mean, people are, are they have dilemmas and I'm always happy to help uh, in those dilemmas. So uh, I love getting emails from people who uh, are in, those qua- in, in a quandary. I'm always happy to help
1: Amazing. Um, Well, Elaine, again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your uh, busy schedule, and I'm glad, even though we had a bunch of hiccups with the tech, I'm glad it all worked out, and it was uh, a pleasure to meet you.
4: Okay. All right. Very good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Elaine. This was really
1: great. Well, there you go. Do you feel like a better human now for having listened to Elaine Swan? the Swan School of, of Etiquette. I almost said I feel, Swan School of Technology. I feel like
3: I feel like you I feel like you two in particular, Jerem Bryant, will have taken a, a lot from that conversation. Yeah, I was kind of
1: I was thinking the same about you two. I went to fucking theater school, okay? I literally had to learn uh, the art of etiquette because I don't know if you know this, but thespians get knighted. And uh, at my school that I went to, you uh, must they, not have
3: finished that degree because I don't see it in your day to day. Uh, yeah. well,
1: it, no, no, no. This is all part of my character. You see, I was I'm. Say, I'm. Yeah, I'm good this, at acting. Yes, this is called method acting. And so when when the when I when I'm not on when I'm when I know I'm not I don't have an audience, and uh, you would be a part of the audience. Um, I am. Well, I don't. I well. I don't. I, I actually should uh, kind of coming out now with my. <clears throat> Got to bring my regular accent back. I don't want to slip into my my etiquette accent, uh, which is too polite and almost British, just slightly, just a, a little bit, just a little bit British. Are you sure you
0: are you sure you don't want to uh-huh. just let it slip out? Just maybe a little bit. You know what? I will slip this out.
3: Check this out. No, no, no! no, My taint is so sweaty. Look at this! No, don't stop! No, no, no! no. Stop, Daddy! Oh my God! Daddy, no! Daddy, no! 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 Oh! Don't do that, Lauren! You look so pleased.
2: Beep boop, beep boop, beep. I'm calling HR.
3: Dude, people just got the people just got the audio audio version of a of a of an official complaint. This is that was horrible. Can't believe you exposed uh, you guys, me to that.
1: <laughs> do you guys want to hear what it sounds like they have a taint rubbed on an SM7B <laughs> microphone?
0: It's so ironic that. Oh, dude. Oh, that's no, no, no. so funny because oh, I've been wondering
2: God. that all day.
0: It's really ironic that this is what's happening after the conversation that we just had.
3: <laughs> do you respect me at all, Jeremy?
2: Is this a joke? No,
3: but you know what is a
2: joke? You know what actually is a joke? Where is your etiquette?
1: Here's the joke. Uh, That study about horror films made it up. Here's another joke. The glasses thing, fake. Uh, Also, (laughs) dog sniffing (laughs) COVID fucking made that up, too. April Fools, everybody. Fucking got all y'all dumb asses out there. Uh, Thanks for nothing. We don't like you. And if you're part of our Patreon... Well, we like you, but everyone else go fuck yourself. Uh, also, by the way, we're oh not even, god, we're not even with the CBC. Psych. <laughs> we're this is BBC, bitches. All right, we out of here. Peace. We out. We up out here.
3: Oh, dude, oh, dude, his accent, his accent is changing so quickly. He's slipping out of his etiquette and 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 into and into some type of drawl. Where like where? Do, what happened?
0: I can't believe this episode hasn't ended yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually
0: googled dog sniffing covid dogs and it's real though.
2: What? Yeah,
1: yeah it is it, it actually is real and so
2: It is real and you know where i found it? Fucking Twitter. That's it. That's it. Boom. Twitter.
3: Twitter's
1: yeah. Twitter's uh twi- Twitter
3: is Twitter is really the benchmark of social etiquette and i think we should just leave
1: it at that.
2: It's benchmark of something.
1: Uh that is it for this week folks. Uh thank you for tuning uh. in. We will be back next week as we always are. Uh Mondays and Fridays and um, you know, if you like what you see here and you want some more of this shit, go to Instagram or Twitter and follow at Podcast because we're on there. There's a bunch of good shit there, too. And there's some other things that you guys could say if you want to just chime in there to have to or we can just wrap it up as is. I thought Oh, sorry. Was say something. Oh,
3: sorry. I didn't uh, I didn't get the hint that that was the uh, that that was it. That oh, yeah.
1: Okay, when I said, uh, thanks for listening. We're done now, and uh, here's something you can do to support us. This is the worst, this is the worst episode I've ever done. Hey, hey, hey. well, done, you know it? what?
3: Well, you know what? I actually do have a couple of things I want to say. I dare you.
1: <laughs> I, love how I, have dare you. A I love how you have to bring up the script that I wrote I have a, on how to, I have, how to a, I have a couple of things <laughs> I want to say. All right. Yeah. I'll, yeah, keep vamping while you bring up the script in Google Docs. <laughs> What I want to say is oh, Jesus Christ.
3: This Honestly, if there's you, anybody
0: out there that wants to send us a letter about how shitty this episode was, you can send it to letters at sick hey Actually, com. but Hey, now
1: uh, don't discredit Elaine. She was, uh, she was great. This was a great conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. That part was, that part was <clears throat>
3: good. Well, if you want to do that, um, or if you want us to, to read any comments on the show, uh, or if you want to apply to be on the show, if you want to be an, one of our awesome guests, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact. Or you can email us directly at letters at sickboypodcast.com. Now, don't apply for the show at letters at sickboypodcast.com. <laughs> don't 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 do that. But, but if you've got a if you've got a neat story that you want to share oh, with us and you want us to maybe
1: read it, possibly read it on the show, letters. At com, Folks, I you, swear to God, if this is your first time listening to the show, I swear <laughs> to God, we usually, have better episodes. Sh- we usually have our shit together.
2: Because if you we, send an application to be on the show to letters, <laughs> I'm going I'm to delete it. Yeah. We're gonna, we're and I'm going to feel happy about it. We're going we're to use that letter as
1: kindling. And
0: make sure <laughs> if you do send an application through letters, put your address because we'll come find you. Yeah.
3: But then just don't apply like that way. I feel like there's right. legalities at play there. Yep. yep. I don't there's think There's a so.
2: sweat test to be a guest on the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh my
1: God, Brian, say your parts. So we can wrap this up.
0: Um, unfortunately Ooh. sick boy podcast is co-produced by Jeremy Saunders, Tiller McGillivray and, uh, Lauren Sankey. I literally have nothing to do with it. Um, our social media is also run by Lauren Sankey and sick boy podcast is managed by Jeff Lonus, which means that this is all his fault. Um and uh hopefully Donovan the Meerkat Morgan can do something with this episode. No, he's not because it's it me. I, I, I'm but doing the sound design this week. Because it's a feel good Friday <laughs> episode, it means that he's not so uh sorry, everybody. At least here's some richo coin and you can feel good about that. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Lauren.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Whoa, fuck, guys. I'm
1: Jeremy. This is sick boy.